Welcome to Breakthrough with Brig, the podcast that teaches high-achieving Black women how to use thought work to break through barriers, get out of their own way, and become their best self in the most loving and sustainable way. Y'all ready? Let's dig in. episode 73. How y'all doing? I had a great two weeks. Also a jam-packed two weeks. I spent some time coaching in one of my mentors event where I coached and listened to coaching and spent three days immersing myself in coaching. It was an amazing experience. I love coaching of course. And then I took a 4.30, well, I left my hotel at 4.30 to catch a 7.30 flight out of New York so that I can get back home, attend an event of some of my students graduating, celebrated with them, slept, woke up the next day to drive and do another event, my mastermind with my fellow LCS coaches, where I actually was able to be one of the speakers. Those two things combined were amazing. And also my brain has been fried. (laughs) It is true. Like our cognitive load, there is a limit to it. And I don't think I will ever do two things like that again, back to back without making some adjustments. Definitely learned that I may have to like, instead of hanging out with people at night, I may have to go to my room and order room service and watch a movie or just listen to some music. And I think that's one of the reasons why I love my program and how I've created Deeply Rooted, because it is understanding cognitive load is a thing. And if we want to do epic shit, if we want to show up in a world that we want to show up with, we have to address the cognitive load of some of these screens, you know how you have your computer and it has these tabs that are open. We have to recognize the cognitive load of some of the tabs that we have opening and we have to close them. And so I want to talk about one of the things that we have that we sometimes do that I've noticed. I've even noticed it in my own life and I'll tell you how I addressed it. I call this playing with the candy man. You know, when you were a little, maybe you did, maybe you didn't. Do you know how you, for us, my age, born in 64, yes, I'm a boomer, go into the bathroom or go into the mirror, turn off the light, and you would say candy man. And you would say, I can't even remember how many times you were supposed to say candy man, but it was like you would intentionally put yourself in a scary situation like my body would be so scared. I think I would get to like four or five and then I would turn on the lights, right? Playing Candyman with yourself. What do I mean? For some of us, we have painful experiences in our past that we bring up when we want to do epic shit. Like we bring up that Candyman experience 
and repeat it to ourselves over and over again. Remember when you did this? Remember when you did that? Remember, it's as if we're in the dark room with the lights turned off, staring in the mirror. Well, we can't see the mirror, but playing Candyman with ourselves, intentionally scaring ourselves to prevent us from doing or creating the same thing again in the future. So we spend so much time in the past, like, remember this, and you can't do this. And we bring it up in a very painful way. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I want you to like, just think about this. Do you use your past to play Candyman with yourself? Do you recreate your past in a sense that it has a hold on you? Like you're like, I cannot show up this way again. And you are scaring the fuck out of yourselves. Not from a place of awareness of like, okay, this is what happened. And we don't want this to happen again in a place of empowerment, but from a place of, I am scared that this is going to happen again. Do you see the difference? The difference is that you talk about it in a way that you are still that same person. Like you don't recognize that you have control. Like you still think I'm that same person and it's outside of me and I will do the same thing again, okay? When you describe it that way, it is such a disempowering way and it's as if you turned off the lights and went into the bathroom and you're saying, Candyman, 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 right? As opposed to recognizing, A, I am not that same person. B, I actually have a choice in how I will respond, right? There's an area in our brain called the hippocampus. I'm not going to get very technical because I think we just need to know. We don't have to become experts on the brain, but I think we need to know how our brain operates too. When we tell our stories from this disempowering way, Our hippocampus is the thing in our brain that takes our memories and time stamps them, meaning this happened at this time and it puts a time stamp in it. Sometimes our memories, those traumatic experiences, if we continue to language them in a way that I am the same person and I have no control and we don't acknowledge them and do our work on those experiences, Those experiences are not time stamped, meaning that I experience the fear now, meaning I am a 57 year old going into my bathroom, turning off the light and being scared the fuck out of saying Candyman as opposed to, yeah, that was a childhood game, right? It's as if I still believe in the boogeyman. Right. Like you remember when we were little and you're like those shadows were boogeyman's and you would walk up, you would get up out the bed and turn on the light to see that that was. Just, oh, OK, that's what I see. And you turn off the light and you go back to sleep and you see it again and you go up and you turn. I know I'm not the only one who did this. Right. Until I understood that those shadows or that creek or whatever was not the boogeyman, but those were things in my room. Right. And then at some point, I taught myself that that was actually shadows and I time stamped it. But it's as if we don't do the work to turn on the lights, guys, to see that, oh, that's not the same thing. It's like we literally have to get out the bed because we're so afraid. We literally have to get out the bed, 
go over, turn off the light and see it. Okay. That's what that is. Clock it, go back in the bed and be scared again. And wait a minute. I thought I did that. I thought I knew. No, 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 no. That's still there. Get out the bed again. As scary as it is, go turn on the light. That's the work until you realize, oh, that was just that shadow. Oh, that was just that creak. Like sometimes there was one part of my room that would creak. And I remember standing there and like putting my foot on, putting my foot off, putting my foot on, putting my foot off until I realized in my brain that this particular area would creak if I stood on it. And it had nothing to do with like somebody was coming, right? Like I taught myself in an intentional way as a kid that these things are reproducible. And of course, this is happening. Okay, what am I saying? Sometimes we have to do the work to teach ourselves that this is happening. This is reproducible. This is this normal response. And I can turn on the light to those responses and see that, oh, that's what this is. And when we get to really doing that work, we timestamp it in our hippocampus so it doesn't we don't experience as if it's happening in real time now. I can go into my bathroom now and because it's there, I could turn off the light and do Candyman, Candyman. I would probably have a little bit of a response, but it wouldn't be the same response. So even if you have a little bit of a response, doesn't mean that you haven't done the work, right? We have to understand why we're describing it are to ourselves that way because we're trying to prevent the reaction, the way our body interpreted what happened after whatever it was. It's a very protective mechanism. Like when I was getting ready to quit my job, I had lots of thoughts about like, look, because for me going through anesthesia school with three small kids, ages two, four, and six, not working, that was, and I've talked about that, an experience that I told myself, I do not ever want to go through again, right? Like I don't ever want to go through the period of time where I'm looking as people are driving by my house and taking pictures of my house because my house was on a foreclosure list for two years straight because I was always three months behind, never four months because I wasn't crazy, right? I would figure it out some kind of way, but I was always three months behind, right? My Credit score was 407 when I left anesthesia school. I couldn't get anything if I wanted to. <laughs> 407, right? For me, that's time stamped. But when I was getting ready to quit my job, I had to remind myself that I am not that person anymore. I am a person who creates money now. This is not my experience. I am not helpless. This is not the same thing. When my brain was like, we're getting ready to do this again. I can't believe it. Like it was trying to purposefully scare me, right? It was playing Candyman with me. I had to do the work to keep getting out the bed, turning on the lights. No, that's not true. I'm the creator of it. Go back to sleep. Wait for my brain to freak out again. Listen, I didn't make the fact that my brain was freaking out a thing. I would just get the courage and it takes courage, not confidence, courage, to get back out the bed, go over and turn on the light and do my work on it purposefully. Okay, time for me to turn on the light. 
until I timestamped that in my brain that that was then and this is now and they are not the same. Okay, so how do you do this work? First thing is turning on the light. What does turning on the light mean? Getting out the bed and turning on the light. What does that mean? That means we look back at the story. And if the story is still creating all this angst, that means there's some lies in that truth. So we find the lies in that truth. The fact that there's emotion in it tells us there's some things that I am believing that that is not true. Like our inner being knows that there's some things that aren't true. That's what I look at it is if I'm unsettled in a story, to me, there's like my highest self is saying there's some things in there that you're believing that is not actually true. So now I go to work to lean into that discomfort, not stay in the bed underneath the covers, guys, and be scared. It's I do the work. The scared as fuck is I get out from underneath the covers and I walk my little bitty self across the room and I turn on the light to go, what is that? Oh, that's what that is. Turn the light back off, see the shadow, turn it back on. Okay, that's what it is. Turn the light back off, see the shadow, turn it back on. Like I do the work to see it. So what in your story that you're believing is true isn't actually true. I can tell you about a client. I had a client that recently discovered that she was telling herself that the way she was grew up, she was abandoned. No one took care of her. First of all, she didn't even know she had this story. It was one of those things that you don't know is operating that is operating. Like it was a story in the background, like our computer, right? It was a tab that was open that she didn't even know was open, but it was draining her cognitive load, right? That's one of the reasons why I love working with my clients and getting coached. Why? Because coaches can bring up those things that you don't even see that is operating, right? So your brain is playing Candyman and you don't even know it's playing Candyman, right? Like there is a drain of what is that? What is that going on? But you don't even recognize like there's just this constant level of stress or distraction that is pulling from your ability to use that energy to create more, but it's constantly draining your CPU. Okay. She didn't know it was there, but because we have been working together, she actually did this outside of a coaching session, which I think is absolutely amazing because that tells you the value of coaching. Because when you start getting used to looking at the areas, you yourself are more capable of getting out the bed on your own. Like your mom may do it with you, right? Like think about Candyman is like your mom comes in. You're like, mom, I'm scared. I'm scared. And your mom comes in and turns on a light, right? And says, sees baby, it's not, not true, right? And then turns off the light and goes back to sleep. I'll sleep with you for a little while, right? That's maybe what a coach does. But eventually you get old enough to be like, I'm going to get up instead of calling my mom, I'm going to turn on my own light. This is what she was doing. She was turning on her own light and I absolutely love it, right? So what she reported back to me is that this story of I was abandoned and I wasn't taken care of. And she was like, but I thought about it and I did what you teach me to do, which is argue the opposite. How is this not true? What am I believing that isn't true? And she was like, if I was abandoned and no one took care of me, how am I here now? I thought that was 
amazing, right? Like if I was abandoned as a baby and as a little girl, how did I get here? Because if I was abandoned and no one took care of me, I wouldn't be alive today. Now, it didn't mean that she preferred to be taken care of a different way. It just meant that that story wasn't actually true. She turned on the light and was like, that's what that is. That story isn't actually true. That's the work of doing this. How are you believing your story that there's some lies in there that you're believing as true and you're operating as if it's true? It doesn't mean that you like the other story. It's just like the truth is like, no, it might not have happened the way I like to, but that's not true. I was taken care of and I wasn't abandoned because if I was, I wouldn't be alive right now. So comforting to hear that story, right? Like for me, my story was like, oh my God, such and such. But my story is I showed up for me. Like, look what you did, queen. Like you didn't even know how you made six, y'all, I made $6,000 one year, my first year of anesthesia school. I don't know how I took care of a house note, a car note, and three kids with daycare for one of them on $6,000. That's badass shit right? So I retold my story of it was struggle, but really you did it. Like I tell it to myself as if I find the lies in that, like, yes, it was a struggle, but we made it like we did it. And it was so worth it. Like that was part of the process for me to get here. And we survived, (laughs) right? And now my score is 800 plus, right? So how could it be not true. Find the lies in it. And you realize that the purpose of us doing this is for us to behave in a certain way so that we don't create the same thing, right? So it's like, first step is understanding the story while you're telling it and find the lies in it. Second step is we're doing it so that we don't create the same thing. But we have to recognize, remember the timestamp, we are not the same person, right? You don't have to scare yourself into acting right. Like once we look at these stories, we can see, oh, there's some lies in my truth, right? And you could recognize that this event is not currently happening now. The story and the emotions that I am experiencing is from the past. I am not that same person anymore. This is not currently happening anymore. And I can do the work to turning on the light, even though I'm scared as fuck. Remember, the scared as fuck doesn't go away. We walk across the room and we turn on the light, scared as fuck, to do the work, right? And we can recognize that we are no longer that person celebrate that self, that person, that part of you that survived and retell the story. But we don't have to play Candyman as a way for us not to create that story again. It's like, look, because my brain was like, look, we struggled. We don't want to do this again. And my answer was, that was then, this is now. I know how to create value. It's like every answer that was like, Warning, warning, I had an answer to. That didn't mean the scariness didn't go away in my body. I understood it. It's like, of course, right? I'm scared. Acknowledge it and then redirect, but I got you. 
This is what I know. And I started singing the things that I know. Turn on a light. Oh, that's what that is. This is what I know. I know how to create value. This is what I know. I'm a fucking amazing coach. This is what I know. Even if my business itself doesn't go, like I can make money working in other people's communities. Like I can make enough. This is what I know. I don't even need to make the money that I was making in anesthesia because my kids are grown. They don't need me to that capacity. This is what I know. I can be okay with like moving out of my house, getting an apartment and living below where I am currently. Like I had to do the work to turn on the lights of like, what is my going to make that mean? Like I had to do that work. Like, wait a minute, moving to an apartment. That's crazy. Turn on a light. What would I make that mean? I would make that mean I'm a failure. Is that true? Right? Like that's the work you do. It's getting about the bed, scared as fuck. Turn on a light, turn on a light, turn on a light. Guys, Candyman be damned. Timestamp that shit. Understand that you are not that same person. Whoever, whatever happened, find your empowerment in that. Control what you can and retell your stories in a way that serves you. Do the work, be scared as fuck to get out the bed, go across the room and turn on a light and be willing to do that all night long. Get out the bed, see it, scared as fuck, go across the room, turn on a light till you time stamp that. This is the work. This is the work I do with my clients. And when I tell you the cognitive load that decreases because you, like for me, I timestamp that, that that was in the past. I will not, no matter what, go through that experience again, because I taught myself, like, I get to decide that experience. And it wasn't like, I know that intellectually, but I don't know it. When you're saying that to yourself, that means you haven't got up and turned on a light 15 million times to timestamp that shit. That's what that means. And sometimes you need a process to go through that or somebody to do that work with. All right. I hope this helps. I kind of rambled with it, but I hope you get it. Like, stop playing Candyman with your past. So if you have any comments, if this helped, some of y'all I know are getting lots of, like, you're telling me, like, I listened to this podcast episode so many times and I shared it. Write me a review, please. Like, the only way other women are going to get this and know about this is if I get reviews. If this is helping you, please write a review. And I would love to hear your comments about Candyman. Do you have a story that definitely you have been playing Candyman with and using it so that you don't create the same thing? And how can you unpack that story so you're not playing it? How can you turn the lights on? That's the awareness. That's what coaching does, right? reach out. Let me know. Brig at brigjohnson.com. I would love to hear your stories and any questions or anything you want me to elaborate or any podcast interviews or things you want me to discuss. All right, guys, till next time. I'll talk to you later. And Deeply Rooted, my group program is on the way, but join my waitlist, Brig Johnson's backslash group for the next opening so that you can be on a waitlist. And I'll be sharing tidbits from the current group to the wait list so that you can see what we're doing and how we're going. All right, guys. Talk at you later. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast 
and want to take thought work even deeper with me as your guide. Opportunities to work with me one-on-one are available. Go to BrickJohnson.com to schedule your own personal breakthrough call. In 30 minutes, we'll see if working together is a great fit. BrickJohnson.com, B-R-I-G-J-O-H-N-S-O-N. See you next time.